Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 49 of the Stream Bucket Podcast. One off the big 5-0. Yes, you keep building this up. What are we going to do next time? Bugger all. But the important <laughs> thing is, is people know how far we've come. No, well, we've got an anniversary edition, I think you said last Yeah, time, we'll have an anniversary edition. Where Rob will wear a fancy dress costume. Okay, fine. no one else will know. Great. Only I will see. What will it be? And I will see it. Will it be sexual? Yes. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> we all know how that's going to end. Yes. A tea party. Uh, yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. How are you, Robert? I'm very good, man. I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm fresh off of a cinematic experience. Yeah? I went yesterday with my girlfriend to Nebworth House. To the Lunar Cinema. Well, Um, sounds pretty good. So the Lunar Cinema is a cinematic drive-in experience. So you drive... Are you reading this? No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm... Well, it deserves credit. It deserves praise, actually. So you go to Nebworth House and they've shown films like Back to the Future and The Goonies and I think you said A Star is Born. Yep, my parents um, went to see Star is Born. I saw Jurassic Park last night. It was Ooh. incredible. Um, the So you drive in, uh, they have a little WhatsApp system where you scan a QR code on your phone and then they people come and bring you drinks, slightly expensive drinks and food that you've ordered. So my advice is to get the largest KFC bucket known to man instead and two giant bottles of Fanta to cope with all the salt you're going to consume. Uh, but th- that was my choice. Other chicken availability is available. Other chicken is available. Yep, that's, that is personally what I did. Um, it was really good. I spent extra money to get the gold circle and I'm glad I did because when we drove in... Well, when, by the time we'd settled near the front, so we had a really good view of the screen, I looked back and it went back a long way. Really? Yeah. So, ah. I mean, you've got your speaker in the car um, and the speakers of a really good quality and you kind of forget it's a speaker. When you told me it was a speaker, I did think that's going to sound a bit they have, they have outside speakers as well, but the inside speaker's kind oh. of the, the boost of it. Okay. I think there was one moment in the film where it went a bit... Because the T-Rex roared too loud or something. Right. Yeah, but apart yeah. from that, it was pretty flawless. Didn't notice it was a speaker. Properly immersed in the film. Oh, we were unlucky enough that the generator blew up or something. I don't know. But basically, on the right-hand side of the screen, the film suddenly stopped at the DNA. I'm Mr. DNA. Mm. And a black bit of smoke came out of the side. And we were like, well, that's done. That's definitely over. And then the screen friggin' deflated. Oh really? I suppose it has to keep, keep pumping. I it? didn't. I didn't know the screen was inflatable at the time. I thought it was actually being erected. I sent you a picture, didn't I? Um, I must have not absorbed the information yeah, yeah. that it was inflated. But it went, and then it started going down. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, and yeah, and then uh, they had to send Samuel Jackson in to switch the generator back they, on. Didn't they? All they found was his arm. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, yeah, but they got it back. The highlight, of course, was the T-Rex scene when he gets, you know, when he rips all the wires off because the power's been cut and stomps out onto the road. Oh. It's nice looking at all the other cars you and know, experiencing that. That film is made for outdoor cinema. In my head, imagine watching that scene and a T-Rex comes out from the back of the screen yeah, you and got... then stomps through the screen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wondered, would people get out of their cars and run or would they stay in the cars when it's safe? Well, if you've got to go, you got to go. If you've got to go, you got to go. I was, Because I was looking around and I was thinking, 
there's a guy next to me in a jeep with a sunroof and i was like dude <laughs> i know we've been instructed to explicitly to stay in your cars and not go, like sit on your sunroofs please do the thing please get out of the sunroof <laughs> and look amazed and i wanted someone to run to the toilet the t-rex scene but i think after the power cut we watched the dna scene three times in a row and after a while i was like make, make him go away <laughs> you watch this screen for eight hours i was like shut up uh, but, um, yeah. yeah, if you can afford the gold circle, um, I 100% recommend that anyone tries it. It's really good. Did you see anyone hanging out the back on the rented yeah. Jeeps? Where you win, you take a selfie and then you win it. And um, yeah, so but yeah. you pay for it, it's really expensive. You oh, get a ticket. How much is it? Loads. I think you get free food and drink. They had a competition where they have one free. Oh, okay. Oh, we were really douchey. So this dude there's a couple called Josh and Rachel basically they sent so they say here's yourself uh, take a selfie best selfie wins best selfie wins the Mitsubishi um, truck experience where you light candles you get the blanket and then they freaking won it and we were thinking what's the point and we looked at it and there's all these candles there that had food bought to them I was like oh god damn did you not and, try? Uh, no, we didn't realise no, well, I was like well we've got gold circle why would we want to do that stupid Mitsubishi and then <laughs> And then we saw we saw Josh going past. Him. Well, we saw the Josh. I bought the gold. Uh, yeah, well, it's not often, the best of the best. It's not often I splash out. But the, no. We were all excited. We were high on KFC. The Josh guy went past, and we were just shouting out the window, "Congratulations, Josh!" And we realised we're dickheads. And we, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like it was just a moment. It was like a momentary bit of adrenaline where we wanted to say, "Well done, Josh, and your Mitsubishi experience." Yeah. Then that woman came and told you off for laughing too much. Yeah, she did. And I felt You're the worst people. I know. I just after this, I was like, I'm. You're everything we hate. I'm everything we hate. The thing was, I thought. Ah, the girlfriend. No, no, no. It was a bit like that. But the car, loads of cars left because yeah. of the power car. Yeah. And I thought no one can hear us. They're, everyone's so far away now. And then I saw the door open. I saw. No, that coming. means there's nothing in the way to stop your noise. Yeah, I did. I thought we were being quite <laughs> quiet, but obviously, and we were only laughing for a couple of minutes. And I, and I, and as soon as she came over and she said, "Can keep it down," I felt like I felt odious. I felt like I just ran over a squirrel. And I apologise profusely to that woman if she's listening. And I will never do it again. I'm sorry for not being quieter during the film. Oh. I hate it. I'm really sorry. Despicable. I apologise to film lovers internationally. I never want to be told off in a cinema environment ever again. I'm going to turn that into a jingle. I'll be... No. And <laughs> <laughs> play it every show. I'm going to be a good boy in future. All right. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad you had fun ruining yeah. the experience for everyone it's else. It's never going to happen again. It's never, <laughs> never, ever. I only ruined it for one lady. Yeah. I'm sure she... I sure, I sure I did ruin it for her. But it's done. Let's move on. Good. Yeah, well done. Well cool. done, you. Nice. What, what are we talking about on the show? Okay. So, um, on the last uh, episode, you made me uh, pick a word. Should we go into why the, the path to the film choice now? Or should we do it... We can do it later, okay. but the word was orchestra. Word was orchestra, and by way of magic and weird coincidences and strange paths, it led us to American Pie Two. Oh, American Pie Two, not mm. American Pie One. No, we'll, tell, we'll go into it why later. Um, 
we've got some movie news to talk about. Quite um, despite the fact there was no news this week, there's some interesting little tidbits. In oh, there very to good. get into. So I'd very, very much hang on for that. Mm. And we're going to delve into a little bit of Xbox action. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the PlayStation Four segment thing live with all the creepy non-human things. Yeah, uh, and the Xbox One's happened. Yep. Don't know much about it, so we got Nick back. Uh, not going to be quite as long as last time, so no. don't need to worry too much. No, we're no, going to no. cover it, we're going to gloss over it, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. And um, um, got a couple of reviews coming as well. Yeah. And in fact, we've got one right now. Should we get into it? Yeah. Boosh! Adam's Film Reviews. The Fanatic 2019. <laughs> It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dunbar. Is Hunter Dunbar here tonight? That's enough. I need to get an autograph. Don't let him do this to me. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Is it difficult to find famous people's houses? I use my Star Map app. You have to be careful. I don't want you to be accused of stalking. Hey, you can't just come to my private residence looking for me. Listen, pal, I don't know how you found me. But I don't ever want to see you in this neighborhood again. The Fanatic is one of those films I've heard a lot about, but couldn't quite get my head around exactly what it was until I saw it for myself. An unbelievable flop at the box office, The Fanatic managed to average a whopping $60 per cinema it was shown in before hitting video on demand and DVD sales. And it's easy to see why. Written and directed by Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst, and boy does he do his best to remind you of this, the fanatic introduces us to Moose, a middle-aged autistic street performer in Hollywood played by John Travolta. Yes, the John Travolta. A lover of Hollywood and of cinema in general, Moose spends his hard-earned cash buying movie memorabilia and hunting for autographs from his Hollywood heroes. Oh, and as we see later, also by decorating his flat like a serial killer, complete with dolls, stuffed animals and more. One particular Hollywood star takes Moose's interest, Hunter Dunbar, a B-movie horror star played by Devon Sauer, who also happened to play the unhinged stalker Stan in the Eminem song of the same name. Fun fact. When Hunter is due to do autograph signings at Moose's favourite comic store, Moose couldn't be more excited, but his excitement's dampened when Hunter leaves early and, to Moose's horror, is even rude to his fans. When Moose complains to his paparazzi friend Leah, played by Anna Golger, she turns him on to an app that advertises the addresses of celebrities. Using the app, Moose excitedly visit Hunter's home, and that's where the fun begins. Aware that Moose has been hanging around the front gate, Hunter confronts Moose and tells him where to go, but Moose keeps on coming back again and again. Each visit, he crosses the line further and further, eventually breaking into the home and even assaulting Hunter's maid, leaving her to die on the lawn. Yeah, that probably does sound like a spoiler, but bloody hell, this film isn't worth worrying about. Throughout the whole film, it feels like we should feel sorry for Moose. He's clearly out of his depth and is trying his best, but he fails at every hurdle. But the further he goes crossing the line, the weirder he gets with Hunter, the more your sympathy falls to the admittedly dickish Hunter Dunbar. 
All he's trying to do is live a life without being harassed and to keep his home and son safe from potentially dangerous people. The final nail in the coffin is when Moose assaults Hunter in his home, tying him to a bed and play-acting scenes from horror movies, while Hunter pulls every trick from his book to try and free himself and save his family. Ultimately, the movie ends with some disturbingly graphic violence that's not fun or earned, it's just horrible and uncomfortable. By the end, I didn't feel sorry for Moose. I didn't even feel sorry for Hunter, despite him doing nothing wrong. I just wanted to have a shower and never think of it again. I don't know what this film was trying to say. Was it exposing the danger of fanatic fans? Was it showing the divide between rich and poor in LA? Or was it just faintly offensive, horrific tale that just meant John Travolta could leave the house? For God's sake, only watch The Fanatic if you want to try and work out what on earth people were thinking when they created this film. I wish it was bad enough to say it would be fun to watch with friends, but as it goes, it's it's a little bit dull. And not a little bit depressing. Blech. Green Bucket, Adam and Rob. Welcome to Fortnite Schmort Night. Dave Franco has been cast as Vanilla Ice in an upcoming biopic. Oh, that's good casting. It's incredible casting. Franco will be transforming into the 1990s rap <coughs> icon for a movie currently titled To the Extreme. The film will show us the rapper's rise to MTV stardom after the release of, the, of one of the all-time one-hit wonder songs, Ice Ice Baby. The tone of the movie is expected to be similar to that of the disaster artist, which Franco also starred in. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's an amazing casting. I was looking at them together. There's a picture of them together, and he looks like he will be able to like adopt the facial expressions because Vanilla Ice was a very ridiculous man. Very yes, he was. Yes, man. he was. So I think he'll be able to pull that off well. Is he going to do the ninja rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I bloody well hope so. That would be. That would make it. That would make the 2020 worth it. The thing which actually quite interests me about this is that Vanilla Ice is so like kind of mocked. You know, if you no one actually within like a serious rap community would say, "Oh God, I love Vanilla Ice." Uh, like very rarely, ironically maybe. But then I would, as a result of that, I actually want to hear his story. Unlikely star, shunned by the wider world, by probably the NWA fans and the. Snoop yeah, I mean, song. that's the thing. He's so at odds with the other yeah. the other wave happening at the time, isn't he? Yeah. It's pure 90s white boy rap. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I'm interested to 90s? see his story. 90s? 80s. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see how that his story develops in the aftermath of so that. The thing I'm picturing in my head is... Did you see the Bross documentary? I did not. Okay, legendary Bross documentary. Mm. It's so awkward and weird... That people didn't know if it was staged. Bros. You know the band Bros? No. When will I, will I be famous? Oh, God, yeah, okay. Yeah? Yeah. There's a documentary about them? There's a documentary a couple of years ago. It came out around Christmas time, and it's amazing. Right. And I would, that's what's in my head, this awkward, weird, like, story of revenge and just pissing about. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. No. Who, do, do we know anything about the director or nothing else? Nothing else, as far okay. as I'm aware. So right. um, yeah, there could be. I could have just not researched it enough. You know, this is Fortnite Schmortnight after all. <laughs> it's 
Well, you've had two weeks to prepare. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> what? Shut up. Kind of coming in left field with your friggin' smarms. Mm. Oh. Shut up. Oh, Bobby. Shut up, Adam. Bobby, Just Bobby, shut Bobby. up. You've had all Just the time get, in the world. Get the... <laughs> Why don't you come and uh, review your films two weeks ago? Coming up with the fanatic, stupid John Travolta. <laughs> you got that? Yes, yeah, great. Great. Oh, it's bloody brilliant. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> new images of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's hotly anticipated TV series, Truth Seekers, have been released. Now, I thought this was good news, mate, because I love a bit of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, mm-hmm. and they're returning to a TV environment. But it's back because they've stolen our TV show. What? What is it? What is Truth Seekers? Sort of. Well... Truth Seekers is about a team of part-time paranormal investigators... Oh, get shut up. Yeah. ...who team up to uncover and film ghost sightings across the UK, sharing their adventures on an online channel for all to see. However, as they stake out haunted churches, underground bunkers and abandoned hospitals with their array array of homemade ghost-detecting gizmos, their supernatural experiences grow more frequent, more terrifying and even deadly as they begin to uncover a conspiracy that could bring about Armageddon for the entire human race. Oh, for God's sake. That's ours. So hang on, so that's Ghost Adventures meets Ghostbusters? Yeah. I mean, it sounds freaking brilliant. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally sold, but it, it should be us. I mean, that we've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that comes from Empire. Um, due to release on Amazon's streaming channel with Malcolm McDowell, Emma Darcy, and Samson Kayo also staring. Staring? Staring. Is it a TV series? It's a TV series. Okay. Hmm. And apparently, like, Nick Frost is kind of more front than Simon this time. So... Well, do you know what? Not surprised by that. Did you watch? Uh... Oh, bugger! There was a film they were both in recently, and Simon Pegg is completely on the side. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, ah, set in a stool. If you imagine like Skins meets Harry Potter, but without the magic, right. just being torn apart by giant monsters and stuff. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I remember the trailer, but I have no <sighs> idea what the hell it's I, called. Reviewed on this show. Ah! Oh my god! But yeah, no, yeah. yeah. He, Simon Pegg was very much on the sidelines. But yeah, but um, screw you guys, screw uh, Simon, screw Nick. Um, that's ours. But never mind. Anyway, just to do it for real. Just to do it for real. Yeah. Bill and Ted is to arrive on uh, VOD, video on demand, amid the ongoing pandemic thing. The movie is going to be released this way, as well as screened at whatever cinemas feel they want to play it on September the first in America. I cannot help but feel that that's a blessing in disguise mm. I don't think if Bill and Ted 3 got a cinematic release it would do well I think it might bomb mm, I, I don't know there's enough nerdy old guys I think I mean if you've got your unlimited card you're definitely going to go and see it yeah I, oh yeah I would definitely go and see it but I think for the wider I mean and Keanu Reeves I suppose has got a new wave of fans what, hot off the heels of John Wick but I'm not sure it's, it would do so well it's tricky but then it is reinventing itself that's what Bill and Ted's always quite good, good at it's yeah. sort of always the, the every film's got its own flavour yeah no you're right well, well I need to watch them again really I need I desperately need to watch them again um Winter is coming. What? Winter is coming. Yes. Well, not yet. But the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel <sighs> has begun. I agree. I agree. Has begun casting its leads. 
According to Entertainment Weekly, HBO has begun their hunt for its lead stars in House of the Dragon. The series, as it sounds, will focus on them nasty dragon-riding Targaryens and be set 300 years before the events of the books we know today and the TV show. Let's hope that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have nothing to do with it. Season 8 um, is still a sour taste in all of us ex-Game of Thrones fans' mouths. Is there prequel books? Or is this completely um, made up? There's an absolute ton of source material within the books themselves. Oh, okay. Because they're so big and boring. Yeah, yeah. You can just... There's, there, just like goes, Lord of the Rings, into, you could probably tie together yeah. another book from all the side stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know if he has... He has other things aside from the core books. I don't know if he has Silmarillion-type crap. He might have, yeah, unfinished tales yeah, and stuff. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not as big as... I mean, I've, I've read... Well, I've audiobook through three of them, and uh, I'm not that big of a fan. Well, I've tried reading the first book before it got that big. When Game of Thrones was first coming out, yeah. someone lent me the book, and I went, nah. It's, it's, a t- <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough read. But... um. No, like with all honesty, the first five series were freaking incredible. So, like, I would uh, if they can recapture that, then I'm in. But if they're anything like the last couple, especially the last season, rushed and yeah, yeah. Tra- although interestingly, my uh, sister's just watched, uh, made her way through all of it, and she didn't mind it so much. And she won. And there's, we do wonder if you binge it all in one go, it might not have such a bad taste because you've been building up to it. You've been built. Oh, well, yeah, you're right, actually, because at the end of every series, what me and the people I watched it with would do is we discuss theories. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. We discuss where's, where's Arya going with the skills she's learning. And you'll get invested in those theories and then you'll be disappointed when none yeah. of it happens. What does the White Walkers mean? What do the signs mean? And then all of a sudden, oh, none of it means anything. No, no, it's not important <laughs> at all. It's not important yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there is something in that. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a bit of fun for you for the last bit of news. Yeah, a lovely little bit of fun. Yes, it's, it's not really news. Finally, oh. not so, not so much news, but more of a situation where a content creator for Collider has run out of ideas and needs to crap out an article. Collider has ranked every Alien movie from worst to best. Okay, I want right. to see if you, if you agree. I'll give you a hint: <laughs> they're wrong. Okay, okay, <laughs> they're very wrong. Okay. Um, is I, this including Covenant and Prometheus? It is. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, I agree with eight, with last place. Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, God, it's including all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, unless. I don't, I, you'd have to be on a certain level of depressance to enjoy Alien vs. Requiem. Like, serious drugs. Because. I've, I've only seen it once, and when I saw it in the cinema, I remember preferring it to the first Alien vs. Predator. Really? Oh, that's where we disagree. I, I don't remember why I thought that. Um, I think it's more violent, but then you also don't see it. You can't see a thing. Yeah. You don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that sucked ass. Um, seven, Alien vs. Predator. That needs to go higher for me. Six. Alien Resurrection. Well, you can close this right now because that's... <laughs> I agree! That's one of the best... That's rubbish, isn't it? What? What are they talking about? I don't know! Five, Alien Covenant. Four, Prometheus. No. Yeah, no, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry, yes. Covenant is worse, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is right, um, arguably. Three, Alien, three, two, Aliens, one, Alien. Yeah, so, I mean, first off, what do you prefer, Alien Free or Alien Resurrection? Now, I've changed my opinion as I've got older. Right. 
because I love Resurrection because it's proto Firefly. Yeah, but I yeah have it's, to, oh it totally is because even Joss Whedon wrote it uh, or originally anyway. Uh, but as I've got older, there is something about Free. I watched I it relatively recently, and it's yeah. oh, I love Free. It's Charles, the cast. It's the cast. Charles Dance. It. Charles Dance. Well, it's not even it, it, all of them. Like it's just a who's who of rough British. <laughs> the only person not in it's Sean Pertwee. Yeah. It's a, a hardened, um, intimidating environment with these characters, these, you know. Although, thinking about it, I do prefer Resurrection. Alright, so... Sh- I like Free more than I used to, but Resurrection is fun. Shall we... So, so from the top, it should be Alien, Aliens, Alien... I'd say Alien Free just about... Yes. No, Alien 4 is so much fun. It is fun. It is fun. No, yeah, sure, screw it. Okay, Alien Resurrection in third place. Uh, Alien 3 and fourth. Yep. And then I'd go Alien versus Predator. And Because I found it fun, and I liked the Queen coming out at the end. I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah. I then, mean, if you're counting Alien versus Predator, you should be counting all the Predator films as well. Yeah, true. And that's a whole other bag yeah. of issues. Um, and then it has to be... Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and then Requiem, I'd say, in last place. That would be my... I agree. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. I need to... I, I don't want to, but I need to watch Requiem again. But yeah, no, I agree. That's what a what a, a wholesome conversation this oh, was. Oh, we agree! Yeah. Collider, get... I can't swear. Yeah. Sack. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Collider. Sack this writer. Sack uh. him. So concludes Fortnite Schmortnite. Nick's Game Reviews. The Last of Us Part 2. I'm going to come right out and say this. I am not a big fan of The Last of Us. Now, before you start, I said I wasn't a big fan. I didn't say I didn't like it. I didn't say it was terrible. I do, however, think it is way overrated and is certainly not the best game like so many people seem to think. It's got a good story, but the gameplay was just terrible. It was janky and messy and broken. I would constantly be drawn out of the cinematic experience Naughty Dog had created by the horrendous controls, camera and general movement. However, going into The Last of Us Part 2, after really enjoying Uncharted 4, I was actually quite hopeful. Uncharted 1-3 were also messy and broken and difficult to control, but the stories carried them. Uncharted 4 saw a massive level up in the controls and they ramped the story up to a whole new level. So, they would do the same with Last of Us, right? Well, turns out they did. I've heard many people say they feel Last of Us 2 is just an interactive story, and well, in many ways it is. However, I do genuinely think that a part of that cinematic feeling is helped by how well made the game is. It is, at heart, a stealth game, and with the frankly exceptional game mechanics and design, Naughty Dog have created the most cinematic experience ever seen in a game. And it's not even an adventure game like Detroit Become Human or The Walking Dead, etc. The world they've created is so interactive and dynamic that I wanted to explore every inch of every house. When I would find a building I couldn't get into, I would look everywhere to find a way in, and sometimes I would. 
By using the environment, abandoned tools and ropes, I would often make a way into a building by doing what I would try to do in real life. Plus the story is superb, ignore those crybabies on the internet and just enjoy a very human story about survival and revenge. The graphical presentation is just as good as you would expect. Playing on my base PS4, it looks just as good as many of the games I play on my Xbox One X, an achievement that can't be congratulated enough. And the sound design. This is the best thing about Last of Us 2. If you're going to play this game, play it with headphones on. Flipping hell, I knew exactly where every enemy was, which massively helped with the stealth sections, and the atmospheric sounds were astounding, from dripping water to rustling leaves to creaking floorboards. Absolutely unbelievable. If I did have one criticism of The Last of Us Part 2, it would have to be the length of the game. I clocked in at just under 18 hours. At around 10 hours, I started to grow tired of waiting to get to the next part of the story. I couldn't be bothered with searching anymore, and so I started rushing. There were several points where I feel the game could have ended and it, it would have been perfect, but instead it overstays its welcome, and it means the last few hours were tiresome and very boring. Overall though, a good job from Naughty Dog. To take a franchise that I had so little interest in and release a game that easily slots into my list of top games for this generation. Incredible achievement. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh yes, monsieur, I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like that do on screen, bucket. They said they'd be friends forever. It's different time, baby! <laughs> now, after a year apart... Ah, the one that got away, huh, son? You two made quite the handsome couple on the internet. Was brought up at a PTA meeting. They're about to learn that sometimes, in order to move forward, you've got to go back. Things are changing. Everything is. Who wants me to touch Amber? Oh, yeah! You guys first. What? You don't touch, we don't touch. That's right. You got a kiss. Yeah. Oh! Come on, be a man about it. You won't die. Well, it was my choice. It was indeed. You chose randomly the word orchestra. I did, from a book that I can't remember. Um, and I, uh, I, it took me a while. It took me till, you know, nearing the end of the deadline. And I was thinking of all sorts of sophistic films. Um, none of, not a lot of films. Sophistic. Or, mm, sophistic. Did Very I say good. sophistic? Yeah, you I did. Said sophisticated, didn't I? No, you, you wanted to say, but you just cut it off. Like you're really cool. How ironic! Oh, sophistic. Sophist- hey. I'm, I'm thinking of a sophistic. Film. I'm an intellect. I'm an intellectual. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I was thinking. Uh, there's not many films about orchestras, and I guess none of them are good because orchestras are boring. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> ruins it, doesn't it? No. Um, so I went. I was thinking about uh, musical films, and, and first of all, I went to a film called Brassed Off, which would have been a very deep chat about um, the northern shutting down of the mines and how brass band mm, like, would have been up. very sophisticated. Suicide isn't you know, about you know. There's all sorts of deep things in it. Yes, and then yes, I thought yes. Whiplash, which is a, mm. a torturous film about a teacher who uses abuse to get the very best out of his students. Yeah, yeah. Whiplash was the first thing that came to my mind. And then you casually mentioned American Pie, <laughs> and I thought, let's do a boner comedy. Yay! Let's definitely do American Pie and disregard the deep chats we were going to have. So we sat down to watch American Pie 1, 
Yeah. And then suddenly I remembered, isn't, don't they actually go to the camp? They go to Tall Oaks Band Camp. Yeah. Yeah. So we quickly changed tack and stuck on American Pie 2, currently available on Netflix. Yes. And uh, straight away, 2001, J.B. Rogers, hot on the heels of the loved and adored American Pie, um, kicks straight in. With the greatest band of all time, Blink-182, well, after the uh, introduction. And it has the best soundtrack ever. It has Sum 41, it has American Hi-Fi, it has Blink, it has Green Day, it has Alien Ant Farm, the list goes on. These films are tailor-made for my 16-year-old self. Your 30-year-old self? Yeah, true, okay. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I mean, American Pie, I mean, I don't know whether kids still watch it, but... Definitely a massive teenage fan. Like, everyone in our generation watched this film. Yeah. As they were coming into their 12, 13, 14, 15 years old it's served, selves. It served as like a precursor of like, you got... that you. I mean, I must have watched it when I was like 12 or something. And I remember watching it and thinking, oh my God, I cannot wait to be like older. Because these parties yeah. look incredible. I agree, yeah, and yeah, look yeah. at all the girls that are around. Mm. This looks like it's going to be the best thing ever. I'm going to go to beach parties. I'm going to have beach house parties. Yeah, me and my friends are going to get a lake house for the summer. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to drink beer and paint doors. Unless you are like a YouTube sensation, you cannot afford that today. There's... No, it's, um, it's one thing I noted, actually. The trouble with a lot of American films, especially coming-of-age teenage films... It's the kids are always just so rich. Yeah. Stream is the worst example of that. Yeah. Everyone has a bloody great mansion in the middle of the California it's, hills, you know? It's absurd. It's <coughs> absurd how yeah, big the houses are. Uh, I suppose horror films are quite the same. But even then, like Halloween, they're still big suburban houses. Mm. But this, American Pie, does feel more sort of homely. So Jim's family is more of a little suburbia house. It's yeah. A big, it's a big suburbia house. Yeah, but it's, it's America a, as well, so yeah. yeah. So it's a house. It's a, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. It's um, no different to like Buffy no. scale where it's just pretty regular. It's no. not, yeah, it's not a mansion on the top of a mountain overlooking the Sierra das Lobos or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's interesting. And and so when you're getting to know these these kids... In the first film, they're leaving high school, aren't they? Yeah. So they would be about 18. Going to prom. Um, this is after... American Pie 2 is after their first year at college. So they would be... 20? 20, yeah. And 19? 20. And every sort of American Pie film revolves around a mission. And in the first two, it's Kevin's brother who um, whispers in his ear, when I was your age, I had this... In the first one, I had this book... This book which would teach you how to do this really amazing sex trick. And because it, it further revolved around them all losing their virginity before prom. Yeah, that was the quest, wasn't that it? That was the quest. Yeah, yeah. And then so this, the quest in the second one is to have the best summer party ever. To get this summer house. It's not as... It's a bit vague in the second one. Because the second one you've got Jim's way... There's a ticking clock in that Nadia's coming. Yeah. And Jim needs to get good at sex to impress her. Yeah. I mean, but then they're also doing a party. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on. It's it's like um so I guess like like losing your virginity is pretty major. But in this one, the whole like mission for Jim especially is to get good at sex. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't really carry as big of a, of a punch. But they don't. They all have, and they've all got their own different objectives, and they're some of them a bit vague. 
Who's the smarmy one you want to punch in the face? Uh, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Tara, Tara Reed's yeah. ex-boyfriend. So he wants to get back with his friend. What is he doing? Um, he's kind of farting about. Um, uh, it, it, it's weird between them, and I think he's trying to discover if he can work together in the friend zone. That's the message of their relationship. Yeah. Can you still be friends with someone after you've broken up? Um, what's handsome McChuck? Oz. What's he doing? Uh, so Oz, uh, he has uh, his girlfriend Heather has left on a Euro trip, and uh, he's he's kind of like the anti Stifler. So Stifler's yeah, okay. who's who again brings most of the best laughs to the film is the kind of obnoxious potty mouth um you know treats girls like crap yeah um, yeah but then well they're both jocks but one's a jocks. nice jock and one's yeah. a bad jock they're very yeah. good friends they bow off each other like oh you to the other one yeah yeah and, yeah. Um, yeah yeah so Ozzy's trying to work on his sort of do you want to play ball do i do i <laughs> what are you doing fishing yeah yeah oh my god that's horrible yeah ball <laughs> so awful um, yeah, and then we got Finch, um, who who bizarrely gets it into his head that Stifler's mum, who he fell in love with and had well, sex he's with obsessed. in the first movie. He's, he's obsessed, obsessed with Stifler's mum. At the start at Stifler's party, he goes into Stifler's mum's room and he's sniffing her perfume and stuff. He's absolutely smitten with her. And when he, he kind of makes it up in his head that Stifler's mum's coming to visit, so he starts mastering this tantra and sexual meditation techniques so when he can be ready for yes. her. It's very strange. He's quite funny. Yeah, he he has some laughs. He does have some laughs. I think it it just it, it doesn't have a clear end point. No, and it's just a load of people just stiffler's just stiffler, um, and he just wants to. Have but sex. he he steals the scene every time. I just want to watch stiffler. That's the thing. That's what I take away from the it. The way he reacts to things. The way he reacts to getting weed on. The way he reacts when um. They think the two owners of the painting house are lesbians, and he's he's <laughs> he wants them to do more stuff. And he's my favorite, end. my favorite moment. Three. Oh, that doesn't even count. What that counted? Totally counted. That's how you kiss your mother. Mm-hmm. Don't you say anything. Yeah, best best moment. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There's <laughs> a there's an amazing scene which is very of its time, and we were talking about how they delivered it, where they have the walkie talkies during this scene with the with yeah. the two girls and um, other people tune into it you've got the police department you've got the dad who's playing with the kids and the kids hear all this <laughs> naughty stuff over the radio yep so that yeah which is a really really there's a few moments in this film where as we were watching it i haven't seen this in 10 years or so at least watching it going well that was a bit lame that was a bit of a wet joke mm. and then so often it would follow with a really smart joke yay yeah when you're the first time um that the speaker thing's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely genius. It needed to be set up, it did. I think. There needed to be some distortion on the radio, the walkie-talkies, yeah. beforehand. You know, I keep getting this like, burger joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. going on? Oh, Definitely. Whatever, who cares? But then it just happens. But then you sort of get it. Yeah. No, the one that was more. really lame was Oz and Red Lady Heather. are having phone sex. Right. And oh yeah, God! The, some there's, get, there's another line, and he has to change the line, and it's a takeaway or something. It just doesn't. It's not funny. No, it wasn't funny. It but was what, a silly accent. It's just really dumb. But what is funny is the second afterwards when Stifler's on the other end. Yeah. Oh Heather, baby, Stifler, get off! I am getting off. Just listen to the two of you guys. 
Keep going. I think we should try this another time. Yeah, all right. Bye-bye. I love you. I love you. Oh, come on, you guys. I was almost there. What I found interesting with Stiflin, it's almost like they deliberately put the line in, is um, it's as if he came over a bit too vulgar in the first one and they had a bit about him saying about, um, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah. Um, can I, are you, um, is this a consensual moment for well, you? It, it's in that film, in fact, at the very beginning, they're having a big house party. It sort of opens on this house party. I guess because it's them all coming back from college, so it's like yeah. homecoming almost. Um, and he's he's plying this girl with, with liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, he's trying to get me drunk. And he goes, yeah! yeah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> that's horrible. Slow down. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but then, yeah, then he hooks up with her again, and it's very, very clear. He's laying down the brownies. He's saying, <laughs> yeah, are you yeah. okay with this? Is, is this all consensual? You may be intoxicated. Oh, yeah. Are you certain that you wish to engage in consensing? Hey, don't count your chickens, Buster. I'm just playing by the rules, baby. I make the rules. And even though he does come across a bit like it, the, some of the stiffer is dated, like you say, he is by far and away the best thing in it. And he he is the funny side of it. Although he wouldn't work on his own. No. He does need to bounce off the more normal people. Yeah. American Pie 2... It has the what's really weird watching it again now is it has these these really bright moments which are the moments you remember yeah. I remember certainly uh, but there's a lot of filler so the bits I remember include Jim uh, using super glue rather than yeah lubrication <laughs> during an act of self pleasure mm. uh, and so he ends up getting stuck not only to himself but to the uh, very embarrassing porno, porno tape yeah and it's that works. Yep. No, I remember it being funnier, but it's genius. It's really good. Um, the other highlight is uh, Stifler being peed on, thinking it's champagne. Yep. That works. I remember that. That's about it. I liked, um, what's his name, when uh, Jim's got to pretend to be uh, the band, the, the the trumpet expert. Right. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that. The band camp, the reason orchestra was chosen for the band camp. Yeah. Uh, Jim... Has sex with what's Michelle. Name? Michelle, played by Alison Hannigan, mm. at the end of the first film, but then she just runs off. Is that is that the film with She Used Me? Yeah, yeah, that is. She used me. Yeah. Um. But and now he's he's panicking because uh, Nadia, this beautiful Polish, what the hell is she from? I don't know. Nadia uh, is coming to visit, and he wants to be good. He wants to perform for her. Uh, so he goes back to uh, Michelle. Michelle to. Learn what his mistakes and learn from her. First to ask if he was good or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to ask if he was good or not on his first time. Mm. No. Guess what? You're going to suck. It's going to be awful. It's going to be rubbish. Just write it off. Write it off. Just the first few times. You get a good five, at least. Yeah, if not a lifetime. (laughs) Exactly. Don't worry about it. Do you know what? 16 years, for God's sake. Do you know what's. my, one of my favourite bits was when we were watching so there's a bit where Jim for the first time he finds Michelle and he's looking through the bushes at her as the other girl's <laughs> playing the flute and we were like hang on a minute this is a bit creepy so we paused it round it back and you put on uh, Friday the 13th yeah I put Friday the 13th part 4 theme on and it worked disturbingly well when he's just peeking through the bushes at her and then she looks terrified as she turns around yeah <laughs> we were yelling no run run <laughs> <laughs> there's um, the other 
really entertaining aspect of it. If you're if you're tempted to watch this film, but you don't think you'll get enough enjoyment out of it from the kind of film and the story and the humor side, you need to watch it and twitch on the extras. <laughs> yeah. So to, <clears throat> as the film progressed, my eye wandered off the boring cast because I was, and wandered to the the extras, and I slowly got you invested in it as well. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's incredible. There was no one directing the extras. They were just doing whatever they wanted. The, the best... The, what was the best one? The guy, the, the couple jutting their heads back and forwards like um, <laughs> like, like pigeons um, in the bottom right of the corner. But presumably, there was no music in the party scene. So everyone was just dancing to their own like but, head groove. You I, know? I, I've been an extra a couple of times. I know who those people are. They are... They're not into current pop culture at all. They're, they're like amateur actors. They've managed to, to grab um, a big hit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've been told by the director, okay, so over the top of this scene, we're going to be playing uh, sort of pop-punky music sort of thing. So dance like, you know, <laughs> like that sort of music. And they go, oh, I don't really know what that is. But I'm going to dance to it anyway. Do you want head bopping? And then they just start doing the pigeon thing. And that's what people do when they're an extra. They don't have a freaking clue what they're and doing. it's very distracting once you see it. There's also someone's dad in the background in that same <laughs> shot. And I'm wondering if it's the director or something. I don't know. It's so, it's someone so from the cast. out of place. Yeah. Um, I, there's, there's, there's one bit as well where there's, there's two girls and there's a guy awkwardly clinking his cup. Yeah. They were obviously having a really deep chat and this guy just came over. Yeah. There's so many stories happening here. Uh, one of the lags in particular was when... So this is a film which comes with its rules. Alice Scream. Like, it's you know when they're talking about the rule of three? Mm. And they go... Uh, Okay, so with a guy, when he says he slept with three women, you oh yeah, that. the so Harry, when Harry met Sally moment. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the women, it's the opposite. And um, I wonder if that that was just them trying to shoot. This is the thing with this film. It's like ten things I hate about you, or like scream. There's rules. They yeah. love that. People love that at the time. People love that sort of thing. This film comes with its own set of rules. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah, it. Yeah. Because I think the first film's just juvenile. Yeah, it's supposed to be because they're kids, still kids, and then it's this film. Them supposed to be people learning to grow up. Yeah, it's uh it's about growth. Jim settles down. Yeah, uh, Stifler kind of. No, he stays exactly the same. Well, no, he learns to respect his he brother. Learn- yeah, he does. Right at the end. Right at the end, because the what? Because his brother brings him two hot women to have a threesome with. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, Kevin learns to be mature with his ex. What, so what, what? Like what? Give me a summary of American Pie. What do you think? What, where does it uh, come in your heart and in our sort of rating it, system? I mean, I've got to be honest. This time round, I loved it as a kid. This time round, I didn't really think it was that good. There were moments of really, really high comedy. Mm. Where we were laughing out loud. I wonder if it should just be smushed in with the first one. Mm. Like it's almost like a second chapter, yeah. As opposed, because it runs straight through; it doesn't pause to tell you who the characters are. No, 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 it just goes, it goes straight in. Um, I, the soundtrack's definitely of its time. As yeah, well. I, far, far, all of them are. All of them have amazing soundtracks. I, I've had an interesting journey of the American Pie films in general. Oddly enough, when I got past uni and I got into my early twenties, I, I view, I was kind of scared of watching them because they're kind of, to me, they're like a sign of my getting past that age. Right, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. Kind of, it kind of made me sad thinking about them. I haven't gone near them. This is the first time I've come back to an American Pie film since probably uni or before. Mm. And it's been quite refreshing and nice and almost nostalgic to come back to it. And um, 
although it's by no, it's nowhere near Hollowdale um, Media for Hall of Fame material, definitely holds a very warm place in my heart, and I very yeah. much enjoyed watching it again. It definitely reminds me of college, or mm. even before college. Yeah, like, before college. Pool right. parties and drinking and all sorts of fun things. Yeah. But mm, I think I'm more of a wet, hot American summer guy now. Yeah. I think that's twisted my brain. Well, you know, American Pie 2, it's a classic. It's nostalgic now, I think, for us. Yeah. I wonder if kids watch it and whether they would get anything out of it. Because um, the music style's a bit dated now as well. Yeah, well, there's a certain pocket of kids who still listen to freaking Sum 41. Um, but they, they're yeah. few and far between. Hmm. They're all drum and bass now, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. All drum and all bass. All drum and bass. Right, um, I need to pick a film. Cool. I've picked Memories of the Future by Sigismund What the hell is that? That looks like the bleakest book I've ever seen in my life. What's the picture on the front? Oh, it is. It's, um... This is like surrealist Russian literature. Yeah, oh my god, there's a, there's a black... So there's a man standing inside a clock tower next to the clock. Yeah. That's some deep stuff. That's very... Great. That's my, my post-uni wilderness years. Anyway. Right, so you're going to tell me when to stop. Stop. And I'm going to go over the page. You're going to tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, that's a name. Shushashin. 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 Stop. Wall. Wall. <laughs> well, you can you can do wall. I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm glad you've got faith in me. Yep. Wall. wall. Okay. Right. Here's a sentence. Having finished his exercise requiring no special equipment, save a person, a wall, and a readiness to make oneself an open target. Oh, what does that mean? Is that sexy or violent? Shushashin threw the noose of his suspenders over his shoulders, took a deep breath, then yawned and squinted out the window. Opposite his window, long sentence. Opposite his window was another window, and in that window was the yellow haze of a light bulb that seemed to have lost its way between day and night. Oh, that's good writing. Yes, didn't it? Russian stuff's great. Shushashin crossed off yesterday's date and slipped his arms into the sleeves of his coat. Oh, very good. Very good. Adam's retro film reviews: The Fifth Element, nineteen ninety-seven. When the three planets are in eclipse, the black hole like a door is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. There's nothing that can stop this. There is only one thing. Perfect. The Mondachi one have in their possession the only weapon to defeat evil. Four elements gathered around the fifth. Selected for a mission of the utmost importance. What mission? Save the world. <laughs> is, uh, is that thing solid? Unbreakable. Good. Order of the stone. I don't know. And even if I did know, I wouldn't tell somebody like you. There's nowhere else to go. Don't 
directed and co-written by Luc Besson, The Fifth Element is now highly praised and regarded as a cult classic of science fiction cinema, which is weird when you consider just how difficult it is to find online, or even find a used DVD. I've slummed it with a VHS copy for years, but pushed the boat out recently and managed to find a Blu-ray copy in Australia to watch. Weird. But anyway, yes, The Fifth Element introduces us to a fantastical world set 300 years in the future. The human population now spread across the galaxy is ruled by the Federated Territories, while ordinary citizens wearing exclusively Jean-Paul Gaultier-designed clothes inhabit cities of skyscrapers extending thousands of feet into the air. One such civilian, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, is a former Special Forces operative, now slugging away as a taxi driver living in a dinky little apartment, smoking a maximum of four cigarettes a day while dodging calls from his overbearing mother. Little does Corbin know, however, that a prophesied evil ball of flame has appeared in the far reaches of space, its arrival foretold by the mysterious gold-plated Mondo Shawan aliens, who are on their way to Earth to defend the world against evil. Except it doesn't go so well. Shot down by a race of mercenary alien monsters, the Mangalores, the Mondo Shawan ship crashes and burns. A single survivor is recovered from the crash, well, well, a part of one anyway. A single severed hand of the alien species is sent to a medical facility in New York, where it's processed and used to rebuild a new being, a perfect being. Referred to as Lilu, played by Mila Jokovic, this perfect being quickly escapes the confinement and leaps off the medical facility roof, falling straight into Corbin Dallas's taxi cab as it swoops in the air. In no time at all, Corbin is dragged kicking and screaming into an elaborate conspiracy wherein he and Lilu, along with two priests that have followed the Mondo Shawan's prophecy for hundreds of years, played by the late great Sir Ian Holm and Charlie Creed Miles, they must recover the four ancient stone artifacts to stop the evil force as it speeds toward Earth. Its plan? Well, total annihilation. But little do they know that the evil force has its own agents and has seduced the sinister Zorg, a statistic and cold-blooded capitalist played by Gary Oldman, to do his bidding. It was Zorg that hired the Mangalores to shoot down the Mondashawans, and when the Mangalores fail to recover the stones, he sets out to recover them himself, eventually culminating in a massive set-piece on board a cruise ship as it orbits a luxury planet. I love this film. No, wait. I love this film. The Fifth Element tells a galaxy-spanning adventure without ever feeling like it's trying too hard. The film's production lands neatly in that late 90s bubble where CGI was merely used to cover the gaps of the models and miniatures. And I can honestly say that the sequences in New York not only still hold up 23 years later, but they look incredible. The whole world does. Jean-Paul Gaultier's catwalk designs may look weird now, but in Luc Besson's world, they blend in perfectly. Everything does. This is a living, breathing world. Although, perhaps a little misogynist. But even the scantily clad women are there to serve a purpose, whether it's flirting with cops or being seduced by sleazy radio DJ Ruby Rod, played, by the way, to perfection by Chris Tucker. There's so much to love in The Fifth Element. It's an adventure of love, action, and some great moments of comedy to boot. The soundtrack by Eric Serra is so delightfully weird and unique too, lending an international mix of sitars and western trance to the visuals. The plot, while a shade too twisty-turny, does everything it needs to. 
even if Lee Evans does stand out like a sore thumb. Watch The Fifth Element, watch it a hundred times, then watch Valerian, then go back and watch The Fifth Element again. They don't make them like this anymore. And uh, this is? Lilo Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Uh, you know it's Multipass. Lilo Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. You know how it is. Bump into each other, sparks happen. Yeah, she knows it's a Multipass. Yeah, anyway, we're in love. I'm just a sweet screen bucket. Oh, Robert? Yes. Remember last time uh, we used the magic of technology to summon Nick from the darkness? Oh, for that PlayStation thing? Yes, mm. the PlayStation thing. Well, to be brand conscious, other consoles are available. We've summoned the Dark Lord once more to discuss all things Xbox. There's an Xbox coming out? There is very much a series kiss. Oh. And here he is to discuss it. Hello, Nick. Hello. Oh, God. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. How are you two? Grand. Grand. (laughs) Excellent. to be sure. (laughs) Is that offensive? Yeah. Nah. Right. (laughs) So tell us about what's happening, Nicholas. Well, there's been the uh, the Xbox Series X apparently game reveal that is for games only on the Xbox Series X, but also the PC. Okay, yes. Yes, indeed. What's the name of this one? It's Series Xbox X. Xbox Series X, yes. Dumb name. Dumb, yes, I completely dumb, agree. Dumb. I'd have thought they'd have changed it by now, but... Because yeah. well, the Xbox X is already a thing, isn't it? Well, it's the Xbox One X. So you had the, the the way that they're looking at it. The, if you think about it, you had the Xbox 360, which had the Xbox 360 Slim and all the other variations of the Xbox 360. Then you had oh, the blah, Xbox blah, One. Blah. And blah, now it's the blah, Xbox... blah, 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 blah. Microsoft got a new thing, and it's a big box, right? <laughs> it is it's a, a very. It's a fridge. Yeah. Have we heard? Is there anything about that? Because we tried looking it up. Because we. The, all fairness, me and Rob didn't watch this one. We watched the PS4 reveal thing, where we watched PS4. the ghoul-like PS5, the ghoul-like evil CGI beasts m- yes. flogging their wares. Was there anything like that this oh, time? Oh god, yeah. No, because the, the the console had already been announced a long time ago. Xbox were well out of the blocks before PS5, before Sony were. Mm. Um, so we had some people talking that looked like actual humans. Um, and then they were just more talking about the games and all of the money that Microsoft have pumped into their first-party studios. Okay, interesting. So, well, sod it. What what games were they talking about then? Well, there was a few games, but I'll only focus on the main ones that I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. Which would be, first of all, coming straight off the bat, they started with, of course, Halo Infinite. Yeah, Rob was very excited about this. Oh, yeah, I am. Yes. I think it looks awesome. You actually watched the it, gameplay, having recently I did. I dismissed the idea of gameplay videos. I hate watching gameplay videos because yeah. they're boring. But this one was <laughs> cool because it gave me all sorts of nostalgia. I know people were moaning on the internet about the uh, graphics being crap, but I thought it was just well, a very nostalgic sort of, it, it was very Halo. It had all yes. of the little tropes and feelings of the original games, so I was very happy with it, personally. I, uh, I completely agree. Um, I'm very excited about it. I, it does. It looks like original Halo, but it also has a few extra cool bits, like that whole grapple. The grappling hook, hook. yeah, that's amazing. Which was stolen from Doom, wasn't it? 
Oh, bloody, there's been grappling hooks around for decades, mm. yeah, Adam, for goodness sake. Everything. Not in first-person shooters, though. Mm. I think they're... Mm. Got the hook been. shot of Zelda fame and the hook shot of Just Cause. That's about it, isn't it? What? What Doom did the Batman come out in the first one? The one that's just come out, Doom Eternal. Oh, they had James Bond's Agent Under Fire had a grappling hook. Yeah! He just he used to shoot around the levels with a grappling hook. That was like 2002. Mm. Agent Doom Under did Fire. Yes, yeah, alright. Anyway, so yeah, it looks very good. Now, interestingly, with regards to how people complain about it, it looked crap. The stream quality made it look really bad, but then they released the 4K video afterwards which made it look a lot better but the thing that makes it look really bad is the lighting they've actually there's no ray tracing in there whatsoever and so it looks really washed out and crap um and that's something they're going to have to focus on to make it look next is gen it's not supposed because... to be the big marketing event where they're supposed to show it off at its best it, yes exactly but the problem is they're also saying all of these games can run on the xbox one and as we know the xbox one was one of the worst consoles ever made and for that okay. console to be able to run it, it can't. So yeah. interesting, weird, weird choice. Okay, so what's next? Uh, next up, we've got the medium. Oh yeah. yeah. This so the this is the Silent Hill one. This is the one that's yeah. Silent Hill. Yeah. So it's Blue Team who did um, uh, Blue Team did uh, the Rutger Hauer game, uh, The Observer. Oh, and yeah. uh, Layers of Fear 1 and 2. So mm. all games that I really, really like. Paintings um, are scary. That's yeah. Layers of Fear. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so th- that's what Blue Team are doing. But the most amazing thing about this, which they sh- they had already showed off the medium in the last video that Xbox did, but this one they showed that they were rendering two worlds at the same time. Yeah. So Interesting. You can flip- that's cool. Yeah, that's the... That's the power of the SSD. Both Sony and Xbox have very, very strong SSDs. In... So you're a, a lady walking around spooky Chernobyl, and it's even spookier in a different Chernobyl? world. Chernobyl? It's all Russian writing. It looks like Chernobyl. I didn't think it, was, think it looked like Chernobyl. It was all ruined. Is, there was another game that was PS4 Chernobyl. trailer, which we were watching, where there was a woman going around the planet, and it kept changing and going evil. Oh, the PS5 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was, 5, that? yeah. what was that? What was that? Had a stupid name. Uh, Remember. Returnal. 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 Um, (laughs) You know, it it just looked like Silent Hill meets Stranger Things. Which. Yes. I mean, yeah, bring it on. Pretty Ah, cool. Why not? Um, Then uh, the the actual whole event ended um, with the announcement the worst kept secret in the history of video games, Fable, um, and that Playground Games are making it, who have done Forza Horizon series. So, Fable has bitten me before. Fable is a series that every game seems to get worse and worse, but always yes. looks better. But it's always marketed better. Well, the it, I'm slightly excited because I like playground games. I like what they did with the Forza Horizon series. It's very, very good. Um, can they do Fable? Don't know. Um, but it's certainly going to be better than Fable Three because you can't really get worse than Fable Three. I've got to say though, the of the uh, trailers we just watched for the Xbox Three. That's the most interesting trailer. Oh, it's funny. Actually, yes. actually made us laugh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. What? Which just the, the third fable. Is, uh, yes. It's just generally yes, quite. of all of these trailers, they're all a bit meh. And fable yeah. stood out because it was. Ooh. Yes. Yes, I completely. But the agree. game will be I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. 
Um, next up, we had um, a little sort of short talk about Hellblade: Senua Saga. Obviously, we had that trailer that was that's the that old trailer, away. Right? Yeah, well, that 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 was the trailer this from ages ago. <laughs> But there was there was no trailer this time. They just announced that it was being set in Iceland, and then they announced that it was being run on Unreal Engine Five. Which okay. did you watch that Unreal yes. Engine Five? Unreal Engine video? Five looks incredible. You watched that, didn't you? Yes. Was that the one with the woman walking around the temple like Tomb Raider? Yes. Yes. It was incredible. Yeah, that was really cool. Mm. So I'm very I'm now even more excited about Hellblade Two than I was before, um, hmm. which I didn't think was possible. Um. But yeah, and then we moved on to Avowed. Oh, yes. This looked good. I like the look mm. of this. It's sort of very, very Lord of the Rings. Well, it looked like the Balrog coming through the mo- just mo- everything. Moria. The mines the, of Moria. The, the trailer opens with an arrow being shot through the air, through clouds, past giant statues built into the cliffs. Yeah, so Lord of the Rings. Through uh, a crack in the ground with all ruins mm. of old mining stuff. Very Lord of the Rings, but also yes. completely Skyrim. Massively Skyrim. <laughs> yes. To the point where well, I thought set... it was a bit Skyrim, like the whole spell on the left hand thing. and Yeah. yeah. I like the well, idea was... of drawing the symbol. I hope that's in gameplay. I reckon it must be. There's no... Why would they do that if it wasn't? Mm. But... Yeah. but the um, uh, it's set in the world of Pillars of Eternity, which is... Obsidian's old old game series, okay. a top down RPG. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Obsidian doing Skyrim. I mean, they did Fallout New Vegas, which was better than Fallout Three. And so, if they do Skyrim, which is going to be probably better than Skyrim, um, you know. Yeah, was, the only thing with Obsidian, they also did the boring Outer Worlds, which people love, mm. and it's it's well, it, it it's makes a darling because it means like. Outer Worlds was boring, but Outer Worlds 2 will be brilliant. It might be the yes. same as this. They might just be experimenting yeah. and seeing what sticks. Yeah, and also they'll have more money, because they've got Microsoft's funding now. That came a little too late for Outer Worlds. Um, but then they also announced the Outer Worlds DLC in this what? event. What? Did they? Yeah, yeah. I missed that completely. Um, explain. Yeah, so have a look it's, it's very it's, it's just a little trailer to explain that there's going to be an asteroid that you can go and explore um it's all very noir kind of style of trailer um, uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be, we need to stop this recording immediately <laughs> Quick. you want to watch it now no we'll do it later <laughs> come on chop chop um <laughs> uh yeah so I, that looks interesting anyway um next up we got warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Yes. Oh, this is more your bag, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. Made by the developers of Vermintide. Yep. Which was left for dead with giant rats in a fantasy world. Yes. This looks basically the same. Yeah. Left for dead, but now it's uh, left for dead with Imperial Guard with lasers shooting up zombies. Well, (laughs) chaos infected (laughs) scum. Yeah. Yes. I quite like the look of that. Well, that's yeah. going to be one that you and me could potentially play together if you, if we both have the be... same console when it comes out. Yeah, right. We've been for this thing for years. But yes, potential stream uh, thing. Yes. Well, interestingly, the fact that it's showing up on this event, I think it's coming out both Xbox One and Series X. 
and it'll be and if it is then it'll be cross play oh that'll so, be good okay yes and um, some alien scum <laughs> talking of coming out on both xbox one and series x and being cross play and looking flipping amazing destiny 2 blah 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 we couldn't give it to us oh my I god know. we watched the trailer and almost fell asleep rob left the room <laughs> remember that being a destiny trailer it's just completely been deleted from my mind yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean destiny 2 still has a massive fan base it's got people playing it in the millions still um i really do love it but it's one of those ones you love it if you've got people to play it with it's not a great single player game at all um and it's coming out so it's already going to be launched on game pass um but it's going to be the the new Destiny Two expansion what? is going to be launched. Nick, on look, Game you're Pass doing to well. Rob. Rob is yawning. He just no, in, inhaled half the room. I'm right, just checking listen. if my mouth still works. <laughs> difference. Listen, the talk of Destiny Two going onto Game Pass brings me on to the next subject, which is that this whole event, video event thing, was nothing to do with the Series X. Absolutely nothing to do with the Series X. That oh. is just a secondary thought as far as Microsoft are concerned. What this was really an event for was Game Pass. So every single game that was announced is going to be launched in day one on Game Pass. And every single Xbox exclusive is going to be launched day one on Game Pass. So just, All of... just remind the simpletons of the audience, what the hell is Game Pass? What are you talking about? So Game Pass is Xbox's Netflix style of feeding games into your eyeballs. Okay. So How much you is pay it a month? you either pay five ninety nine a month and get just Game Pass, or you pay ten ninety nine a month and get Gold and Game Pass intertwined as well. What the hell is Golden Game Pass? No, Gold and Game Pass. Gold is just your standard <laughs> online thing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it, yeah, you get well over 100 games that you can just download and play as much as you but want. But that's too much. Hang no, on, uh, wait, wait, so every Xbox game that is released will be released on the on the Game Pass? And just for yes. five ninety nine a month? Yes. Why is that too good to be true? What's going on here? Because my, Xbox make all of their money from these subscriptions. So they've already realised that people probably aren't going to be able to afford new consoles right off the bat they know that people can't afford 70 pounds a month or 70 pounds every time a big game comes out so that's an interesting development actually that's yeah uh, hmm hmm. is there the other what what i was gonna say the other interesting development which is very much so rumor at the moment but looking very likely is that xbox are going to be getting rid of the subscription for xbox live gold so they'll be making online multiplayer completely free. What? What? What's mm. Microsoft doing? Where are they getting their money from? It's Microsoft. They can afford it. Um, what they're also doing, because how can they get rid of gold and still expect people to pay ten ninety nine a month? Well, what do you know about XCloud? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. What are you talking about? Is that about? another thing? There's too many things now. <laughs> xCloud is um, the, the, their version of Stadia. So streaming games What's to whatever you want. Oh, Sorry. You know Stadia, don't you? No. You've been advertising on YouTube. What the hell is that? It's gaming without a console. Essentially, you stream it from the uh, Cloud. Google Vault. Oh. The Area 51 <laughs> Google Vault. Okay. 
So mm. basically, the other rumor with them getting rid of Xbox Live Gold is that they're going to include in that ten ninety nine a month X Cloud and Game Pass. So every game you have on Game Pass, I can literally just turn my phone on and start playing at console quality. No, whenever I want. No, that's weird. Mm. No, I don't like it. No. <laughs> I like things to be in my room. I like to read the book in my hand. I completely agree, but it's a very interesting one as far as the console wars are concerned. If you're t- if they t- come out and say the Xbox Series X is 300 or 400 quid, they make a massive loss on the console, but they get enough people to to buy it, then they're going to make all of their money off of the Game Pass and Nextcloud because that's a gimmick people will want. Ugh, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. So, that's the general thing. So, overall, what are your general thoughts now you know all that? I liked the look of Halo. Um, I can't think of a game on PlayStation. That, except for Resident Evil. But, but that's um, on Xbox yeah. as well. I don't think... Oh, Resident Evil's on Xbox as well. Resident Evil's on Xbox as well. Then yeah. I think Xbox... If I were to be the kind of man who had the money to purchase such a console, I think mm. Xbox may be just winning for me. I've got to say, PlayStation made more of an effort. Hmm. Well, this this is what I was thinking about. So the this whole uh, fee, uh, general feedback from the internet has been that PlayStation 5 blew it out of the water. They had more exclusives and all this lot, um, mm. and better exclusives. But I was looking through the list of the PlayStation exclusives, and comparing it to Xbox, they actually had less exclusives. Because if you think about actual new games, the biggest one that was announced was Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is not a new game. It's just DLC that they're going to charge you 70 quid for. Yeah, ridiculous. And Horizon Forbidden West, which is a sequel that's not going to come out until probably next year, uh, 2021, 2022 anyway. So I don't know if there is actually much between the two. Both consoles have got good games on and it's just going to be whatever takes your fancy at the moment yeah well, halo the, for me is easily winning it at the moment none of it's interesting because it's all too expensive yeah let's stick to yeah. luigi's mansion so what you can also do 2025 and see what's cheaper well yeah but what you can also do with xbox if you don't have the money to land 400 quid straight off the bat is that you can do a phone style subscription so you you open a contract with Microsoft, you pay twenty quid a month, and you get a brand new console. And, and you pay what's it for two that? Years. Forever until it breaks or something. Or no, you, it'll be an eighteen month contract or a twenty four month contract, mm. whatever it is mm. like with phones, and then you own it after you've paid it off. Okay. I mean, I hate that. I don't like that to be the world. Thank you very much. It feels like Xbox are doing everything they can to make them consumer friendly. And people still are going. No, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a PlayStation. That's yeah. how it feels to me. So yeah. it's a bit of a weird one. Can I watch a Blu-ray on it? Yes. Okay, kid. I'm on board. All right, Nick. Thank you very yeah. much for joining. There you us. are. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. That's quite all right. All Goodbye, right. Nicholas. Bye. Back to bed Bye. With Thank you. you for having me. They came to party. They came from outer space, but for these unhappy campers... Just put this thing on. Things are about to get slimy. If you go down to the woods today, you'd better keep an eye out for...
Squawkers. They're mean, they're insane, and they're everywhere. And they've got an appetite for naughty campers. Starring Jody Bennett, Bailey Pillbeam, Isabel Albert, and Blake Aiden. Squawkers! They're everywhere. We are not going back in that tent. Watch it now at hollowdellmedia.vhx.tv And that was the show, Robert. That was the show. That was uh, in the first 49 of our voyage into yeah. the mist. Yes, indeed. Yes. Thanks so much for Nick for turning up and chatting his rubbish. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Much appreciated. Video games. Mm. Have you been playing anything? Do you play much these uh, days? Do you play? Loser. Do you play? Do you even play, bro? <laughs> do you play, bro? Um, I um, have been playing Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm oh, still yeah. playing it. Um, I just got my... D- oh, nice Luigi. <laughs> um, I've just got my Nintendo DS charging cable back, so I will be booting up my copy of Pokemon Black and White 2, probably even tonight. Ugh, I've been playing Sinking City. Oh, that's any good. Um... It's like a half-made game. It's quite cool, though. It's a Lovecraftian detective game. Nice. Yeah, you just get given a map and just told where stuff's going on. Okay, and that... I like that. That sounds right up your street. Yes. I tell you what I've also been doing. I've been listening to the... Someone put on on YouTube all the Red Dwarf commentary. DVD commentaries. Of course. Uh, It's pretty good. I've been listening to it like a podcast. Mm. I sort of know the show enough. But it's what's interesting is it's just a bunch of actors... There's no nerdery there. No. There's no, oh, the 492 laser. That's interesting. Reddorf's never really like that anyway. No, no, no. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a bunch of actors. That's cool. Talking. I like that. Um, there's lots of stories about stuff that's going on on the set and stuff. Uh, but it's interesting how competitive they are. Because I never really hear about this on sitcoms. Never hear about it on Seinfeld or anything. That these are all young 20-something actors. They're all competing for the laugh. Yeah. So if they don't have enough gags, they'll moan to the writer to put more gags in. If they're feeding the line to someone else to get the joke, they are annoyed. Do you think that happens now? It's weird, isn't it? Because you never hear about that. No. And I don't know if now everything's so controlled mm. that the script is the script. Maybe but, if you're Robert Downey Jr. level, you can have some sort of say about that. But I don't know if in a sitcom environment... Well, it's interesting because... Putting myself in their shoes, well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's different. If you wrote it, mm. I think it wouldn't matter who gets the laugh because you wrote it. It's your joke. Wouldn't you sort of yeah. know that. But if you're just in on stage in front of people, you probably would be yeah, wanting definitely. the approval. Imagine if they. If, imagine if you go through a, a whole episode and like Lister is killing it, and then Rimmer's just like, "Well, I'm getting nothing here." Yeah, that's what they say. And when there's episodes where some characters aren't there. Mm. Uh, Danny John Jules plays the cat. He often moans that he's not, he's not there enough, and yeah. stuff like that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of eye opening. Yeah, and I imagine from them they've also got the whole paranoia of okay, I don't know where it was going to be written next. Am I going to be faded out? 
Do oh, I? but that's the other thing. Yeah, there is an element of that. Like, no, they no. don't know if the series is going to come back. From their point of view, this is all they got. They're thinking, God, I really yeah. hope I'm prominent in the next series. Otherwise, I'm screwed. I'm back waiting tables again. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's an interesting thing. Interesting thing. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'd recommend it. It's, uh, it's If you're interested in how things are put together, it's interesting. Oh, nice one. But yeah. Yes. Ooh. Do you have anything to say? Do I have anything to say? Uh, the answer to that, to my friend, is no. I've said my piece. Wonderful. Uh, well, let's say good night then. Yes, good night, Vienna. Thank you very, very much, as always, for listening. Indeed. If you like what we do, do have a look on our Patreon at patreon.com/slash/holidaymedia, and do follow us at screen underscore bucket on Twitter and at holidaymedia on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, please do. Cool. Okay, well, we'll see you in a fortnight, everyone. For the anniversary special. Oh, my God.